not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome to the view from the ninny and sponsored by Terrace Badger Terrace Badger started in 2022 and they create great custom design t-shirts Based on football clubs and songs sung on terraces We're proud to partner with a locally run business And you can get 15% off at terracebadger.com with the code VFTN15. Welcome to another episode of The View from the Indian, brought to you by Terrace Badger VFTN15 on terracebadger.com for your VFTN discount code. A lot of great products on there at the moment, and we are still loving our hats. Uh, joining me as always on the podcast, Ben Price, Tom Phillips. Uh, ben Price, it's been two days since we originally planned to do this pod. How are you? I'm not too bad, mate. Yourself? Oh, tickety-boo. Uh, Tom, how are you? Yeah, very well, mate. Very well. Thanks for asking. No problem. I have to do it because I asked Ben, then I ask you, and it would be rude if I didn't ask you. Uh, how are you, Ben? Oh, great. I hate my job. Anyway, um, moving swiftly <laughs> on to the more... I mean, it's quite. it's probably quite good that we didn't record on Monday in the end because a lot has happened since Monday. Um, obviously, the weekend we had the Leeds game on Sunday. We planned to record on Monday night after the Leeds game, let the, the kind of conversation die down after that but since then so much has happened club wise that we do have a lot to catch up on but we'll start Ben at the most logical place that was Leeds on Sunday uh two all draw in the FA Cup threw away a two goal lead but I'm not too disappointed about it Ben I thought it was quite a good game how about you yeah it was the most entertaining game we've had in a while but I think that's purely because we weren't completely shit mm. um it, yeah it was a cracking cup tie when it the atmosphere for a as few, it wasn't, I think it was like 12,000 fans there in the end, I think. I, I, can't um, really, I didn't actually see what the official attendance was, but like good atmosphere for a cup game. Both teams up for it. It's really enjoyable. Uh, Tom, I mean, there was a lot of talk about what kind of team Cardiff would put out, but they put out a fairly surprising team considering we were playing against Leeds. Um, you know, there was a lot of people like Nelson Simpson, who perhaps um, are kind of fringe players at the moment. Sawyers came back in. Ojo came back in, Davis's first start for a while. I expected the worst, but it wasn't so bad. What did you make of that team and 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 how they performed? I just didn't know what to expect from them, really. You know, they're players who've played a lot of games for Cardiff. It's not like they're it's full of youngsters who making their debuts and stuff like that. They're they're players who've played 40, 50 games for us and have been decent performers for us in the past as well. So I really didn't know what to expect because I would starting players this year have been terrible so what were our fringe <laughs> players going to be like but no a pleasantly surprised like a really good battling performance and players who you know put their hand up now for you know calls for, for the, the game coming up and we haven't seen that from players you know who've been given chances this year we haven't seen that at all from them so no really really promising um ben the attendance was in fact twenty thousand. yeah Saturday. i've just seen twenty thousand. Uh, so do you want to retract your or- original statement I take it back. Yeah, I didn't, it didn't look that many. The minion looked half empty on TV. But I think the I think the grandstand was quite full from when they ah. when they panned out on the camera. The grandstand was quite full, and obviously Leeds brought probably seven thousand in the end. So they, they brought six and a half, seven thousand. Yeah, they brought quite a lot. Um, anyway, back to matters on the pitch. Um, I, I you know Ben, the, the team that went out probably didn't instill us with confidence, but we we kind of took the game to Leeds. The the, the first goal. Um, Harris, a uh, great little play by Harris, took the keeper wide and it, a couple of deflections, but it got to uh, Philogene in the end. Um, it, it was what we deserved at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought we were brilliant first half. Um, like, great to see Isaac Davis come back in and just be what he was before he got injured. Just an absolute menace. Really helps the press when you've got someone with his energy and his work rate just to sort of put pressure on. He didn't give the Leeds defence a second on the ball. He was on him straight away which helped then get other players further up the pitch, which in turn makes you more attacking and creates more chances. It was, yeah, a really well-worked first half. They deserved, we deserved to be more in front, if anything. I thought Leeds were really poor and we were really good, um, which didn't create quite as much as we probably should have. But again, like you said, with the first goal, Harris setting up much better out on the out wide. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we got what we deserved for that goal and the second. Uh, and Tom, yeah, the second goal. Um, you know, we've we've been critical of Ojo um, throughout this. You know, probably our weakest signing of the summer, or you know, the, the player we expected a lot from and didn't deliver anything. But it was a lovely goal, wasn't it? It was a great little play by Rina Motta. A great ball over the top. Ojo with the lovely bit of chest control and and, and a quick finish. Um, 
yeah, you can't really can't really say any more than that, can you? No, like the chip, I didn't realize how good it was at the time. Really, I, I watched it back earlier on. It's it's delightful. You know, it's it's perfectly weighted just above the defender's head, mm-hmm. so it's got that aesthetic about it. He's tried to get there, hasn't quite got it. And yeah, Anojo did well. I I don't think it was the the most clinical finish in the world. I think the keeper arguably could have done better, but I think the control to bring it down in the first place to get the shot away, I thought that was. You know, I, th- I thought that was great from him. And it's something that we wanted to see more of from the start of the season. So hopefully he'll kick on from that now, you know, because he has got a point to prove he's one of those players. And no, but it, all round, it was really well played and really well worked. And we haven't had very many very well worked goals this season. So I I, I'm gonna, I think we'll say this like four or five times going forward now. Hopefully we'll kick on from this. Like, because we need something. And yeah, hopefully that is the catalyst. Andrew looked a different player though, didn't he? Because he was t- like he was taking people on for the first time I can remember all season. Yeah. He looked like they were I don't know what got into him, but there was just he looked like that Ojo towards the end of the season we had him that was like bursting with confidence, sort of taking players on, getting in the box and causing problems. So yeah, like you said, hopefully it is a turning point in his season because he needs it because he has been massively underwhelming so far. I tell you what I noticed the difference was. Um, Ojo pulled his socks up. He's been wearing his socks very low, and his shin pads have been flapping all over the place. But his socks were pulled up for the whole of that performance, and maybe that's it. Maybe he's literally and figuratively pulled his socks up, and he's getting on with it. Um, I'm looking at Fatma Ben, um, Rinamotta, Ojo, Filigine. I know uh, Rinamotta got the man of the match from the the FA Cup or the the Emirates uh, official man of the match. Filigine here got the eight point four on Fotmob. He took the man of the match. Um, talking about you know Ojo's a confidence player. Is that going to give him the confidence boost? It's important that all of those players put in a good performance, isn't it? Because I think Rinamotta has, has shown flashes, but he's kind of petered out a little bit recently. Ojo we expected more of hasn't done so well. Filigine started well and and kind of came back. How important will it be for those players now that you know they're they're knocking on the door for Wigan going into Saturday and hoping that they could could start that game? It's huge, not just for them but for the whole squad because I think part of what people have been guilty of in the past, especially sort of towards the middle of this season, has been they know they're getting their place; they don't have to fight for it. So when someone like Ojo stepping up and going suddenly, if he might be hitting a patch of form, suddenly you're looking at Harrison going right. We need more from you. You're looking at Philogene. We need more from you. The whole round then, just that added competition just makes everyone step their game up, which is really important. Um, midfield as well, like, I thought Rinomata was outstanding the whole game, even when sort of like things dropped in the second half, I still thought he was brilliant. Um, so yeah, players like that sort of coming in and sort of getting that confidence against, like, Leeds were poor, especially in that first half, they really looked like they're going to be a club in trouble in the Premier League, but even then, you're playing against a Premier League side with massive, like, wages and, like, expensive players, internationals, to go and put in that performance is really going to do you the world of good, confidence-wise. Um, but then, Tom, you know, for all the good, obviously we're talking about how how well we played and, and the performances that were put in. How disappointing was it really that we kind of just petered out and and and, and the game kind of got away from us? It, it seemed to be, you could see the kind of energy drain from the team and, and, and we just kind of handed the game to Leeds on a platter. Yeah, we looked shattered by the end of it. And I think I think that's the disappointing bit about it as well. It wasn't like Leeds forced their way back into the game. We kind of let them. I think we kind of shit our pants a bit about being 2-0 up because we're not <laughs> really used to it. Um, I think half-time probably came at the wrong time for us, really. I think we had a bit of momentum. We came out second half and we'd kind of lost it. Um, and it felt like it had that air of inevitability at half-time that we were going to do it. Because I <laughs> think not only the players are lacking confidence, I think the fans are as well. Um, but then I think it shows at the end of the game how bad it's been for us that we've conceded a 93rd minute goal and as a fan base, we're fairly happy. Um, yeah. Where normally we'd be absolutely livid. I think we're all disappointed, but you know there was no anger or anything there. We were I just think, happy to have seen two goals. Yeah, it was like Ben said um, early, early doors, like, you know, it was an exciting game and that's all we were asking for really as a fan base is like a bit of effort. People to come in, you know, perform on the pitch to you know, show that they're willing to run after balls because like that Blackburn game for example we just lacked movement we lacked yeah. intensity and we can't accuse the players of lacking intensity in that Leeds game because we had no. you know we had it there from start to finish even if we lacked a bit of class towards the end and you know to, to finish the game off but no I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and yeah it's a pity we petered out but if we you know put performances in like that for the rest of the season then we should be you know, very safe from the relegation zone. We shouldn't be anywhere near a battle in like 10 games time if we can repeat that. 
Um, it shows how much credit Leeds paid us, though, from the first half of the fact. I, they were clearly not expecting to bring Rodrigo on. They wanted to mm. rest him, and he had to come on, and he was different gravy when he came on and really changed it. Cut the slight changing shape from Leeds as well. Mm. But that sort of shows how good we were, the fact that they had to bring on their star man to sort of pull him out of the shit, and he did it in a spectacular way because he was class as well. He did, but um, I... You know, I'm, I'm skipping over his goal because there was other other things to talk about. Um, ben, let's talk about Joel Bagan. Um, let's talk about that save. Um, was it the best save you've ever seen? It's up there. I mean, as far he got, as... Save, he, got, he got down really well. Down? I think the thing you got to look at is like Tom was a goalkeeper as well. He knows it's, it's not just a good save because you got your hand to it, but the fact he tipped it around the post. Yeah. That's like what you're taught, that sort of like that... That is the key. It's a strong the hand to the ball. Got it. Strong hand, get it round the post, stop it going in, and present the prevent the follow up. Yeah, brilliant. It was brilliant, brilliant goalkeeper from him. To be fair, it was. It was a shame he got sent off for it. Um, I think it was unfair. I, don't, I think that rule needs looking at. Um, Tom, uh, and then it was an impressive save by Armwick for the penalty, wasn't it? I mean, we, we'll talk about it at the end, but I'd start Armwick. You know, we've talked about Alsop being not that good. Armwick made a good save from the penalty. He didn't do much wrong for the rest of the, the game, did he? Well, you know, Allsop's got to be careful with Began and Alwick breathing down his that's neck true, now actually. for a yeah, starting place. But no, I think I think well, obviously it's a great save for the penalty. I thought he could have done better for the second goal. Oh, I think I think he know, should have done better for the first. I yeah, think. Oh, first of course you really do. Poor. Well, you know, it's an instinctive finish by the Leeds player for the second one. Uh, Perkins, I think it was, but he's waiting Sorry. there, like doing a cricket long barrier, waiting for the ball to come to it, like his arms, but he should just be diving on it. And I don't know whether that's lack of match sharpness. But, you know, I think that goal's avoidable, not only from the defenders, but from the keeper. But I think I think he's done enough, probably, to warrant a start, maybe. Because I've, I've said it a few times, I'm not convinced by all stop. And I think it's healthy to have competition for your goalkeeper. If your goalkeeper thinks he's going to walk onto the pitch, no matter what happens every game, then, you know, that um, complacency comes in. So I, why not give him a run of games? And to be honest, Wigan's one where, hopefully, he won't, he won't have much to do so yeah, throw him in. Why not? I, you know, as much as I'm disappointed with that second goal, I, yeah, why not throw him in? Um, is there anyone else you'd start, Ben? I, I think you know, Rinamotta, Davis, uh, potentially uh, Sawyer's put in quite a good performance. Potentially Sang at right back put in a good performance. Are there any any of those players you'd want to start on the weekend? I think Sang's nailed down sort of reserve right back, isn't he? Um, Romeo's out for I think he's out for six to six to nine weeks. I think they said, yeah, which yeah. is a big blow because we were saying in the chat in a chat the other day that I for me he's been the best player of the season. He's like the best signing we've had since Collins got injured. Um, I've really enjoyed him. So he's a huge loss and Sang's slotted in there and looked really, really comfortable. Good on the ball, solid defensively. Um, so he's one that comes in. Rinomata comes in if he plays like he did against Leeds. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm, just, I'm not convinced by Almer. I think he his distribution isn't isn't as good as Olsop and that's what Olsop's there for to get us going a bit more. Um but yeah, Isaac Davis again, another player that could come in um, if um, Robinson's not fit or come off the bench after sixty minutes of uh, Robinson running that. You bring him off the bench. What an option that is! Suddenly, it just yeah. becomes a bit more exciting than sort of there are options available you can turn to off the bench, which we haven't had all season. Just by one player coming back, that's huge. Um, obviously, Tom, uh, we've got the replay. Uh, replay's happening next Wednesday, Wednesday eighteenth, live on ITV. Um, if we get through that, we've got a draw at either Borehamwood or Accrington. So you know, it's 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 a nice draw to potentially look forward to. Um, how are you approaching the game away at Leeds? Are you starting the same team? Are you are you, are you bringing people back like Robinson if he's fit? I, I'd possibly for almost identical team. Um, maybe the odd change, but you know they, they've earned it. You know we we played well in that game. They'll be confident. They've just faced this club, you know, a few, like a week before. Put them out there again. I think Leeds will be nervous. The pressure will be on them. You know, they haven't won in six. The home crowd will turn pretty quickly. They were they, they were booing uh, at halftime uh, yeah. down in Cardiff. So, you know, let's pile on the pressure. Let's give those boys another chance to get at them. And, and to be honest, like, that's what makes that 93rd minute goal a little bit frustrating when you get a draw like Boreham Wood or Accrington. You know, suddenly the FA Cup opens up because so many Premier League teams have dropped out of the stage this year. And yeah, it, it was a mad round, like, wasn't it, at the weekend? Yeah, and you know, it shows what an, a, like success in the cup can do to a fan base. We didn't even win a game, and we're already got a more positive outlook going into the rest of the season. So, 
you know, you know, it could be massive for us. So I'm quite excited by it. I think we've got a really, really good chance going up there, getting something from it. And we definitely wouldn't have said that three weeks ago. Uh, ben, are we getting through at Ellen Road? Yeah, I don't think we do. We've got a good record there and their fans will get on their back straight away. If we can keep them quiet for the first half hour, I think the game's there for us, to be honest. Um, yeah, they don't look spectacular. They're going to have to bring a lot of first-team players in, I think. there's going to be It's going to be a very different lead squad to the one they put out against us on Saturday. Sunday, sorry. Yeah. It is mad. We have like I I always forget that in you know we, we there's a there's a there's a vague run of us losing to Leeds. Uh, Twenty fifteen, we lost a couple of games to them basically. But going back to nineteen eighty four, we've only you know we've only lost three I think out of what looks like twenty games. Um, and bearing in mind they were a high level for so much of that, and we beat them in the FA Cup and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 just fascinating that they we seem to have that hoodoo over them. So we're like I see Peterborough as like our key. But like bogey team, whenever I think back to Peterborough games, they've always been disaster. I feel like we're that for Leeds. There's always been problems there. So like, we think back, was it the Tomlin flick? We yeah, were 3-0 yeah. down in that game. Um, 3-0 down, and we went down to 10 men. Yeah, and um, then to come back to draw 3 all. What's mad yeah. about those like hoodoos is it shouldn't matter what happened 80 years ago. It shouldn't happen what happened 10, uh, matter what happened 10 years ago. But it does translate into your fan bases thinking. It can translate you yeah. know, onto the pitch. So it puts the nervous in the crowd, doesn't 100%. it? And you get that feeling, and sort of it's the sense of inevitability that you know, like sometimes you see when you're watching a game and like a team comes back from three nil, like well, team comes back from three nil to three uh, two, and you look at it and go, and there's only one team winning this, and it's not the team in the lead. Yeah, yeah. It's just that thing with the fans of just the oh god, here we go again. Yeah, well, hopefully we can we can carry that energy to Allen Road next Wednesday. Um, but now to matters off the pitch. Um, Obviously, since since um, since Sunday's uh, uh, Leeds game in the FA Cup, there was a talk of a fan meeting involving the usual suspects uh, with Dalman and, and the Trust and the Supporters Club. We were kind of expecting some news off the back of it. There were some rumours going around on Sunday, uh, but it's now being confirmed, Tom, that we have um, made the first payment, uh, the first instalment payment of the Emiliano Salah transfer. Uh, almost four years um, this month since uh, since uh, we signed him and, and he tragically passed away. Um, Obviously, that that payment means that the transfer embargo should be lifted. We you know with the EFL and FIFA, it should be the the kind of start of the end of this saga that has run on long uh, long enough. Um, what's your take on us making the payment, Tom? Is 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 it right that we make this payment? You know, what we've talked about it at length, but it, it feels like the right thing for us to do finally. Yeah, like obviously, I don't know the the legal ins and outs of it, but it feels like this should have been done a long time ago. Um, and you know, it, it's just great that it's been finally done to you know, put this kind of case, not to rest, because it, it will still go on from now on. There's still other payments to make, but it gives some people, like this family, a bit of closure. And, and and it's just kind of sick of hearing about these negative stories off the pitch. So it, it feels like the right thing to do. Um, It's just mm-hmm. a pity it didn't come a long, long time before this, because it has rolled on for a long, long time now. And it's it's such a tragic story that yeah. you, don't, you don't forget about it. But you don't want it to be dragged through the mud over and over again because it doesn't do anyone on any side of this any good. Um, Ben, do you, it's, it's it's a really tough one, right? Because I think I, I was speaking about this with a, a mate last night, and you know, I, I understand that the club has a legal case to kind of to 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 go after and 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 maybe a legal actual basis to potentially win the case, and they've tried and and, and failed on whatever reason. But for me, that the, the bad taste is left in my mouth because. One, there's a human being at the, at, the, at the middle of this who's passed away and, and we kind of seem to have, have forgotten that in a lot of all this. But two, they they seem to have... The club's name has been dragged so through the mud with all this kind of stuff. that the, the fact that we've been seen as the villain in all this and the club have spent massive amounts of money on legal cases and all this kind of stuff just to eventually turn around and pay the fee. Does it feel like to you that they could have just paid this up front like they should have just been more upfront about this rather than trying the every which way to avoid it it's really difficult isn't it i think you can look at it and look at it that way and i i flip between the two sometimes i think look yeah i saw I, yeah if there's legal sides of it and they say they've got a case which they have because there's a lot about this it's not a cut and dry thing of we should have paid like we're at fault there's it's so so complicated and it's such vast sums that yeah, I can understand why they're not wanting to pay because 
they didn't organize the flight. They didn't want Salah going on that flight. There's all sorts mm. of things that come out from it of how dodgy all that was that you can understand their anger at having to do this. But like you said, again, there's a life. There's two lives that have been lost. There's course, families. Yeah, exactly there's families that are dealing in like really shitty situations and seeing their like loved ones who one of them who hasn't been found. Yeah, um, yeah. Like all of this in the press constantly over two football clubs arguing over millions of pounds. It's really distasteful. It's so complicated. And just yeah, I'll give the club a lot of grief for a lot of things, but it's not an easy situation either way. But um, it does feel like it's a bit of a relief to see this cloud sort of away, like moved away from the club for the time being. And sort of like if there's other ways they want to chase the money, that's fine. But yeah, it's just nice to sort of see the club sort of going, all right, well, trying to do the right thing in a way. But I yeah. don't think it was done for After the right much, reasons. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, Tom, I guess, you know, that now, now that we've made that first payment installment and uh, you'd assume the intent is to, you know, you make that first payment, you're going to make the rest of the payments as, as and when you win. I mean, it still feels like to me that at, at the heart of all this, Salah is forgotten. And there, there's a there's a there's a human being who who's no longer with us is and and the pilot as well uh, I should say, what Pat, should the club be doing more to kind of memorialise Salah? We we've talked about the Whittingham stuff, which is you know they've done testimonial, but you know it, it seems like when Salah died, we 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 had the Bournemouth game, we we had the 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 yellow flowers and all that kind of stuff, and we did a, a quite a nice job of that then. Should we be doing something more permanent now to 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 memorialise him because? It just feels like he's forgotten about in all this. It's a tough one because I don't know what you what you would do. Yeah, you know, he, he didn't play a game for us. So you're not going to have a statue or a stand or anything. It's not as simple as that. You, you'd hope, you know, now that it, there isn't too much bad blood between Cardiff and Norms because maybe you can have you know a testimonial, a memorial game, a, game. A, char- a charity game, and perhaps you know most things like that will come out once it gets sorted. You know, I, I, I'm not sure how it'll work, but I think it's a real, real tough one. Either way, you try and do something, and you're going to get such a backlash of people going, "Oh, now you care." Um, mm-hmm. so I, I don't envy the club when it comes to stuff like that. Um, I think you'll see more from Nantes because you know he, he was their player, and for for a while he's played games to them. He has that you know relationship with their fans and stuff. So. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think the onus is kind of on Cardiff to do something to memorialise it because. Like I said, I, I really don't know where you'd start. Uh, ben, is there anything you do? Yeah, I, 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 it's something simple, just like a little plaque, just commemorating yeah. him is all yeah. it needs. It's a simple little classy gesture. But I think, like you said about the backlash you'll get from that is, a lot of that's the club's own doing because, yeah. like, again, the way they've handled it, like on the anniversary of his passing or on his birthday and stuff like that, the club haven't really acknowledged him. Other than what happened at the time when and before his body was found and stuff, like the club did some really, really good stuff. Um yeah, yeah. I thought the tributes were really classily held. But the second the legal ramifications came into it, it felt like there was calls from higher up to not acknowledge him, don't sort of bring it in and sort of acknowledge his existence, because then we're sort of making it like he's our player. And that's where it feels a bit like if we did do a tribute. Or something like a tribute, like a game with nonce or something like that. That's when it becomes a bit iffy on my side of like, because for so long the club have like not acknowledged any of his existence or his birthday or anything. So to go from that to suddenly a plaque and a charity game and all of that, it's a bit, yeah, it's it's a, it's a big jump. An, it's a big jump. It's another problem that the club's own making by poorly handling things as well, because the club really should be doing something because that again. Like we'll say again, two lives were lost. Yeah. There's a lot that good can be done. Um, look, there's a um, trust fund. Look at ways of developing that and sort of doing yeah. stuff for them. Because that's, that's not what... very quiet. Because I think the family were very upset that that didn't get paid out for a long time. Like the trust fund's the right thing to do. But again, it was held up in legal red tape and clubs sort of playing games. And it's all just the little person, like the human side of it from both sides and I think Nantes have been very poor as well like they they were sending the invoice before Salah's body was found like they were still very much yeah he's dead but pay up like they're, they're not the good guy in this all there is no good guy no, um, no I mean no one's coming out of this to spell it roses are they no um, but I agree I think I think the trust fund they, I think 
I saw someone tweet something along the lines of, you know, now that now that the trust has been settled, we should do something for the family. And I think that's the right thing to do, isn't it? It's 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 if it's that trust fund, if it's a way of supporting the family in the future, because they've been through hell, um, you know, the, the pilot's family as well as um as Salah's family. And I think that's the that's what I'd like to see the club do. And I, like I said, you know, memorialize might be the wrong word. It might not be a plaque. It might not be whatever it is. But if we can put something together in his name that supports the family, then that's the that seems like the right thing to do. And acknowledge his existence at last for the club. Yeah. Um, of course, the, uh, the 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 seller payment obviously um, meant that the, the transfer embargo has, has potentially been lifted, and there's there's lots of conversations around what that means now for January. Um, but Tom, um, it, it kind of the, the other thing that has happened this week that has come back it is Sean Morrison um, after eight and a half years at, at the club, you know, uh, a season off being a testimonial. He, you know, he wasn't on the contract this year, but he was training with the club, and we thought for all the world he was going to get a contract. Has 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 left the club, signed for Rotherham. Um, I guess you know. It's it's sad, but Sean Morrison, Cardiff legend for you, Tom. Oh no doubt. Um, like the the get the goal of hell, right? You you can't not mention it. I honestly think it's it's one of the most, best goals in our history. Surely, I think it's the most of one of the most I've ever celebrated a goal because I think like there's some ones that've been bigger for club and country, but sometimes you're in shock of what's just happened, and that was shocking. But what helped was probably like the. 15 pints it had before the game on the way to Hull as well. But no, it's it, it, it's just an unbelievable goal for so many reasons, you know. Why is he there? How has he finished that? And it's just, he he, did, he had moments like that for us and he's just been an absolute stalwart for us and he, he just goes down, he's got to go down in the legend category because like you said, he's been at eight and a half years so a time where it's been quite, well, it's been very up and down. It's been an absolute rollercoaster sport in Cardiff and to have a constant like him around the place is massive for a club like us. And, you know, it is a pity that it's ended the way it has and go into, you know, a team who are one place below us in the league as well. Because... It could relegate us. Oh, yeah, don't say that. But, but he, yeah. I mean, he, but that, he, yeah. He captained us to the Premier League. Um, yeah. Ben, if you, if you look at his stats, you know, I, I, I thought Sean Morrison was a relatively injury prone footballer. If you look at 2014 yeah. 15, 41 games, 2015 16, 30. Every season after that, he basically played 40 games for us or more. Premier League year, he played in 34 games. I mean, when he could play, he played. And he generally put in a good performance, didn't he? He gave everything. Like, towards the end of every season, it was guaranteed he was coming, like, wrapped up like a mummy. Like, I think, didn't he play for six he played games with two, two broken, broken wrists? wrists? <laughs> the bloke's an absolute head case who gave everything, put his body on the line for the club. Um, he's one of my all-time favourites. It started really rocky for him. He wasn't exactly the most loved of centre-backs, but he's gone on and sort of nailed himself into like Cardiff folklore, just like from, he's done everything from like iconic goals, massive blocks and like giving everything for the club, captain the club to like the Premier League. Shithousery. Iconic celebrations. Yeah. At that yeah. phase during lockdown where he decided to put, he seemed to score every other week and pull out a wicked celebration out of nowhere. Pump the floor. Hump the floor. There was the putting his back out, then twerking. Yeah. Um, his fancy dress at the Christmas parties will be missed. Like, well, any, I was going to say, words... like his commitment. I mean, he grew a mustache, then dyed it blonde so he could dress up as Hulk Hogan. It's like... commitment that's above and beyond. I mean, it's disappointing that he never finished. The only thing he's never finished is his serial quest. Mm. But hopefully, one day he'll come back to that. But um, yeah. Look, I. I love the bloke and I'm gutted to see him leave. Um, I think what I would say though is there was that one period towards the end where our fans were starting to turn on him, where, where I think he he did drop off and everyone's in his legs are gone and things like that. And I'm glad it didn't end then because that yeah. would have been disastrous, I think, for his legacy. Um, and this is not a great way for him to leave the club, but it could have been worse. And but but there's no doubt he'll go. I don't think there's one fan who have a bad opinion of Sean Morrison now he's left the club. I think part um, of what makes his injury sad is that he was on the peak again, wasn't he? He was back, finding form again. Back. Yeah, it's true. And yeah. then does his knee again, putting his body on the line against Barnsley. Mm. Um, yeah, it was getting. I, I'm just looking at his record during the Premier, uh, the season we got promoted. 39 games, seven goals, um, Ben. I mean, that that feels like the natural peak of his Cardiff career, wasn't it? Captaining us to the Premier League, leading us out in the Premier League. And... You know, not putting in bad performances. He scored a, a very important goal against Brighton, which would probably go down as one of my favourite moments that season, that second goal where he, he put the header in. It, 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 we had the best years of him, didn't we? Yeah, he's one of those players that sort of, he found a home 
a lot of players go throughout their career without finding that place where they belong. It Sean Morrison at the heart of the Cardiff City defence. It's felt right. It, it feels fit. right. It's yeah. He was perfect. Like, and you look at sort of and another thing that helps is the manager that came in at the time under Sean under with Morrison is Warnock. Mm. Like he's he's like the modern sort of Warnock player is someone like Sean Morrison, Com- combative, great in the air, great in both boxes, can get goals from set pieces. It was like the perfect storm for him then, and that's why we saw the best of him. Um, Tom, you've already touched upon it. We, we, we've let him go to a team who are one place below us in the league. Um, you know, I, I know we couldn't have kept him at the time with the embargo and all that kind of stuff, but do you think letting him go may, may be a mistake? Do you think it may come back to bite us on the arse? To be honest, I don't think it will. Um, I think his best days are behind him. I hope this doesn't get clipped up at the end of the season. Or <laughs> like that. Um, but I, I, you know, I, do, I, I do think his best days behind him. I think where we would have seen the benefit from him would have been just the character around the club. Um, you know, knowing the club inside out. Um, you know, having a character like that in the dressing room is invaluable, especially when you're bringing in 17 players at the beginning of a season. To have someone him like him and Rawls, yeah, you know, together, their best pals. And, and their best pals, you know, and what effect will I have on roles? You know, you, yeah. you don't think about like the kind of the human side of it, the emotional side of it, and the knock-on effect it could have. So, yeah, I don't think he'll come and bite us on the pitch, but I just think having him around the place, you know, he makes everyone smile, doesn't he? And like you said earlier on, he's committed and committed on the pitch and off the pitch, and yeah, that that could be sorely missed. We'll see him again on the 18th of March when we play Rotherham, uh, Ben. Um, other transfer news this week as well. Um, two big. Well, the two big transfers, uh, Max Waters to Barnsley, uh, Ollie Tanner to York. Um, had you forgotten that Max Waters played for us, Ben? Yeah, um, I forgot he existed. Yeah, shame <laughs> that, isn't it? It's, yeah, he just needs to go, doesn't he? It's, it's, it, to be honest, I think the only shame with the Waters transfer for him and the club is that it's not a transfer fee and he's not leaving permanently. Yeah, um, yeah. He's never going to get to that level we need him to be at this club. It's just... When you say like you you talk about Moz and a player that's found a home at a player that found a home at Cardiff, um, I don't think it could be feared from the truth of Waters at Cardiff, can it? Um, the bloke's not fit in since day it's one. Never, it's never felt right, has it? No, it's never quite felt right. Um, it's a shame though, isn't it, Ben? Like I just want Waters to be a success. At, at the time we signed him, everything sort of made sense. Like it wasn't a huge fee. It was a young, proven goal scorer in League Two looking to make. It was a bit of a step up. But like you're sort of looking at it going, oh, this is quite a logical transfer. Like this is one for the future. But it's just not happened, is it? It's just you get some one, transfers one for the that past work. already. Yeah, it's you've got some transfers that work and you get some that don't. And yeah, the the thing that makes more sense in Max Watt's career is that he'll inevitably, every time he plays against a score going forward. Yeah, part of me that still thinks he might come good, and that's what's really annoying me. <laughs> There's also still part of me that thinks Owen Doyle will. So, like, uh, you know, is he still do... playing? Owen Doyle? Oh, fuck he, knows. Yeah, he, he is. He's got. He went back to Ireland this year. Um, I can't. He, he left Bolton. I can't remember which club he ended up. Oh, St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's. That, but I think what made me laugh is um, speaking of like strikers that really disappointed. Lafondra, sort of the one. I think the one thing he took from Cardiff was not being able to score penalties. Have you seen that? Is that what he said? He missed two penalties. He did the uh, two penalties in two seconds in like two minutes. Missed both of them. <laughs> so he took some stuff from Cardiff at least. Um, I think I looked at Owen Doyle's Twitter. People who Owen Doyle follows on Twitter recently, and there's some absolute fucking wrongins in there. Um, <laughs> that's what I that's what I took from Owen Doyle recently. And 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 Tom. Um, to round off the transfer news, Oli Tanner has gone out on loan to York, uh, Conference National, I think, same league as Wrexham. Um, how important will it be for him just to go out and get game time? Because you know he, it's a big step up from the Isthmian Prem. I think that's where Lewis were to 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 the Championship. Is a sort of six or seven league step up. It's going from amateur football to professional football. It's going from, you know, being an 18, 19 year old playing in 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 semi professional football to being in playing adult football, how important is it that he just gets game time with big burly men? Oh yeah, it's, it's huge because you know he looked a little bit lost in he coming on against Premier League leads, um, and he looked out of his depth. And you know you can't expect him to to bed in overnight, like you said, was such a big step like that. 
and you know it's still a massive step going to play in national league so you know so if he can adapt there if he can score a couple of goals if he can put some good performances there you know the, he might get some confidence from that and bring it back to us because he's still so young we don't need to rush him uh, no. we don't need him right now um we need someone but it doesn't necessarily need to be him um so no it's good that we've done it early as well in january to, to get him out there um, and get him some game time I think the best can be said about Tanner's performance against Leeds was he was very good at being where the ball just was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's not a knock. Like, it sounds like it's a bit harsh, but like it's just a huge, huge step up. And there's clearly a player there. We I've watched him against Villa in the Wits tribute game. Like he looks quality. He just needs to go out and play proper first team football regularly, build that up and sort of get to that pace again because like you said, it's a huge step up. Imagine, yeah, it's, it's like fairy tale going from this, like this, the Esmond, the league he came from. It's step, it's step three, I think, which is um, so step three, but no, so it's, it's it's step three, but I also think it's level seven, I think, on the actual pyramid. So you got four and then three, and then it's that one. So maybe so even step, step three remember. is I play in the Welsh league. I play at step two, and I'm fucking dreadful. That shows the sort of standard of jump it is. It's a massive jump. So, yeah, it's going to take time to come good. But I, I genuinely believe there's a player there that can come good if we sort of develop him with the right plan. Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, because I think going going and having that second half of the season at someone like York, coming in, if he, if he has a good second half of the season at York and plays quite well, comes in for pre-season, and then you can build up your confidence with the first team during those pre-season games against, again, people like Swindon, like we played this summer. And I think that's that's where the, the, the benefit will come. Uh, well, I hope so, because I, I really like the idea of Tanner. It's not a waste, then, if he goes out on loan again next year to League 2 or League 1. It's no. smart development. He needs to play, because he's, like I said, 20 years old. He's a long-term investment, which is good to see the club have got, and it's a good sign that there's like a long-term strategy and a plan for him to go forward. So I'm all for it. I hope, I'm like, like I'd like to see a few more sort of those, like for our, or every club sign those players from non-league. Yeah, I think so. And I think, I think especially with the London catchment area, there's, there's a rich pool of, you've seen people like Joel Nublay, I've said, I've said that before. He's gone from Harringay to Livingston in Scotland. And he went, he kind of went around the houses. He went Harringay to Aldershot, no, just to Concord to Aldershot. And now he's at Livingston. But he's still only 24, 25. And now he's playing Scottish Premier League football. There's going to be other players like that. And I think that's where we should, if we are a low budget club in the future, we should be looking there as a, as a, as a resource to kind of, Build our build our squads up in the future. Um, moving over to Twitter, we had a few Twitter questions and a few Twitter comments. Twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, first one's from Nigel Harris. Did the number of block shots by our defense yesterday? This is referring to Sunday. Beat the number blocked all season. Superb effort. It felt like the spirit of Sean Morrison in his prime was out there. Uh, James C. Roberts, 94. Honestly, that was the first game I've properly enjoyed down the CCS in a long time. That first 45 in particular was great. Who from that game keeps their place against Wigan? Who kind of already touched upon that. The common bluebird, two questions. How good did it feel to be having a big club on the ropes in a stadium which was buzzing? And is Allsop's place under threat after that fantastic save by Joel Bagan? Um, Tom, it did feel quite old school, didn't it? That there was a you know a big crowd in comparison to normal, and it was a big club on the ropes at the CCS. It was great to see, and I want to see more of it. And I think it it's, it kind of it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing having thousands of away fans because it brings the best out of the home fans. And I think them taking over that back stand as well and bunching our fans up just generates a bit more of an atmosphere as well. So it'd be really, I've seen it like being banded around on Twitter about the family stand and is it kind of outdated? Do we need a family stand as such anymore? And mm -hmm. I think that'll be an interesting debate going forward because generating an atmosphere at home is what won us games for years. You know, it used to be a fortress and it's far from it now. So it's really good to see us return to that and, and like I said, have a big team on the ropes because we've been crying out for it. There was just a uh, bit of needle in the ear, wasn't there? The whole, yeah, like in the build-up to it and everything, there was just that little bit of needle it helped that that massive like berlin wall got put up halfway through like halfway across the car park and just little bits like that <laughs> just added to it and it's just yeah if it did feel nice and old school it was quite enjoyable uh, ben every time i say um you start speaking after me so there's, gonna be, there's about three times i've gone um as i try and say something and you just carried on so everyone's listening i'm really sorry uh, this one's for you ben youngster 1927 i was sat by some leeds fans yesterday in an indian stand they didn't celebrate their goals and had Haribo that they offered around during the game. Brackets, the giant strawberries. Fair compromise, question mark? Not for me because I'm allergic to strawberries, so I can't have them. 
But so, sh- could you not have what, giant strawberries? Because I don't think they're much strawberry flavorings in them. They, so the, I've, we've I've looked into this as recent. I've looked into this because I was ill from having them before, thinking there wasn't strawberries. There's oil in strawberries. It's what I'm allergic to, and that's in the flavoring. Oh, so, so it's, it's not a fair compromise. But would you? All right, let's let's shop out the giant strawberries for a tang fastics. Hundred percent. Like if yeah. if they're not celebrating, they're being respectful and they're handing out tang fastics. Like they can come every week. Good luck. They're good people. <laughs> Uh, Gareth Dunning, Tom, do we go with the obvious selections on paper for Wigan and trust it's going to become good, or do we rip that up after Sunday and make some wholesale changes? Because let's face it, previously it's not been working. My worry is though, who performed raised it for this one game. Um, it feels like Tom, you know, there's 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 a there's an appetite to switch up the whole team, but there's obviously a reason why these team were second string. Would you just find the perfect mix of the two and bring in people like Rinomoto and Ojo for the some of the players who ordinarily start? It'd be like the Isaac Davis, Renamota, people like that coming in. I know Renamota was the first name on the team sheet for us beginning of the season. You know, we were playing out for him. And, yeah, I think he's brilliant. Oh, he's so, wicked. Yeah, so yeah, you're not going to change the whole team for that game. And, you know, we did a number on Wigan earlier in the season uh, while we were poor. So we don't need to panic. We don't need to, you know, throw everyone, you know, out of the starting lineup and put a whole new one in. So, you know, just pick and choose because you can see from that Leeds game, who would make a difference? And for me, Isaac Davis is the, the biggest one. I was going to say, um, but just checking <laughs> if Ben wants to speak in. Oliver Reese, as disappointing as the result was yesterday, Sunday, first half performance can really, can rally this squad for the rest of the season. I generally felt like the players looked sharp and organised, bit sloppy in the second half, but Leeds came out the better team. Simon Hiscox, what chances the first string of playing like that? We wouldn't be in trouble if they did. Uh, Sam Hill, there's so much pace and energy in this side, I feel that needs to be utilised more often. For so much of the season, we've been one pace and toothless in attack. There's so many good options in the front line and I feel like it will click and we can push up the league. Gwyn Jones says, Joel Baggin, thoughts on the new goalie rush tactic, Ben? Um, should there be more goalie rush in professional football? I think it'd be a wicked, just like just random games throughout the season, you know, like, like people have called for like... Like, like a wild card. We're going to do goalie rush this game. Yeah, I, I think it'd make it just a lot more fun and just like the game, instead of penalties, if it's a draw, it turns into a massive game of heads and balls. Mm-hmm. Just little bits like that should be introduced. A bit more street football, yeah. I'm all for it. All right. I will um, pass that on to the FA. Um, Tom, something we didn't discuss, and John T. Williams has, has, has raised it, is will McGuinness get into this team? Obviously, we're trying to wangle out McGuinness back from Sheffield Wednesday. Does that mean NG reverts to right back? Has Baggin done enough to ensure an extended left-back start after his suspension? Um, it is an interesting one, isn't it? Because we seem hell-bent on getting McGuinness back, but NG and Keeper seem to work quite well together. I still think we lack a bit of height. With NG, I think, you know, we saw in the Leeds game, we've seen in plenty of games this year, we keep losing out to headers in our box and conceding, and we haven't got a threat going forward either from corners. I think we've really struggled in that department. So I don't think there's any harm in McGuinness coming in. I'm not sure how you shake it up, because, like you said, keeper and NG have been brilliant. I'm, we have been, You look at our record, we have been poor going forward, but we've been pretty solid at the back, just for these minor lapses. Yeah. So, but... It, He's been brilliant at Sheffield Wednesday, you know, speaking of Wednesday fans about it. So he was brilliant and, against Newcastle. Martin yeah, Keown I, was absolutely I, raving about him. And, you know, he's class. He, he's good. He'd probably end up playing Premier League football. Um, and it was a bit of a puzzling one when he got sent out, really. And I really wouldn't be surprised if he's put straight back in because I he's, he's a leader as well. With someone like Sean Morrison leaving the club, he yeah. feels like the natural person to step in, despite being quite young. He's got that kind of talismanic, like, character about him i'm really excited about him coming back uh, really really excited about it and he's got a cheeky little face uh mike hancock ben this one's for you with all the embargoes we are under is it ever acceptable to buy just one sausage roll or should you always buy the four pack in greg's i'm not see i find the four pack a bit dry because they're cold i like a warm sausage roll if i'm gonna greg's i'm having a sausage roll it needs to be fresh so look, the one if you're having one sausage roll it's fine but it needs to be accompanied by another paste, another very pasta. good. Yeah. So you, it's you, your sausage roll is always your supplementary baked good to perhaps a sandwich or a baguette. It's, it's your side. It's your side dish, isn't it? Yeah. You get... I tend to, if I'm feeling really fruity, I'll get a chicken bake and a sausage roll alongside my Mexican chicken baguette. Ooh, fancy. I tend to yeah. just go for the pastries and just go. So you go chicken bake, classic sausage roll, and then maybe Beautiful. maybe one of the donuts. Those uh, filled donuts oh. are really good. Tom's shaking his head at the donut. I'm only a Greg's for breakfast roll man, really. I'm not a massive fan of their sausage rolls. Being a West Whalian, I was more of a Jenkins bakery man. 
Um, and I, I'm, I've never really got over Greg's taking over where Sweetman's was as well. So I, I'm finding <laughs> it tough Sweet to move Man's. on. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm there for their breakfast roll because it's free and no two priority. But outside of that, they're not getting much of my custom. Do you, do you ever just sing meat pie, sausage roll? Come on, Wales, give us a goal. Or can't do I ever sing that? Yeah, you should. Sometimes in the shower um, <laughs> yeah. if, for, for a treat. But yeah, not, not as often as I should. Um, Adam Tibbs, what a game that was. I love the FA Cup. The last couple of seasons, it's been a nice distraction from how bad we are in the league. Can't wait to go to Leeds in midweek now. Question is, what food do I stop to buy on the pit stop up there? Um, I'm going to say KFC, Ben. Yeah, um, so I went to a service station a few weeks ago that had a chopsticks. Whoa, that was, fancy. I can't remember which one it was, which is really annoying because I'll do it again. But um, yeah, chopsticks is always a good option. But yeah, KFC is the best out of the service stations, isn't it? Tom, what, what well, would you I'm, get? I'm, I'm trying to look at the route uh, and I'm trying to see what service station. Should I come back to you? Uh, yeah, yeah, come back to me at the end, actually. I'm going to do a bit of research. You carry on with the pod. Um, <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, Diff MJ, how much can you read into the performance of fringe players in that game versus Leeds? Because we can't pretend they've t- not turned up for months. A part of me would be more impressed by them if they carry it into Wigan game in front of 23 fans than a big ITV Cup tie in front of 20k. It's got a point, hasn't he, Ben? Yeah, he's made a really fair point. There was stuff like Ojo coming out in the press afterwards and sort of saying that's the level we need and sort of he was sort of bigging himself up as if he's not been dog shit for the entire season. It's it's great to see the conference and they're sort of wanting to get out there and play. But yeah, let's acknowledge we're 20th in the table. We're not yeah. doing well. Um, Saturday's the real test. Yeah. Uh, ONG CCFC, Tom, midfield two for the Wigan game. Is it Reno? Yeah, I don't think you can drop him. I, I, I thought he was brilliant. Um, you know, that creative outlet, and he was solid. So, yeah, I'd keep him in there. Uh, Leon Millard, why didn't you guys kidnap Cody Drammer on Sunday and force him to sign a contract with us? Missed opportunity. We, we best laid plans go to waste. Uh, we tried our best, but there's a transfer embargo. So, when he signed the contract, it could be ratified and it was um, shredded immediately. Uh, Rodri, how much do you think Bale is not regretting coming to Cardiff now? He's seen us get Boreham Wood or Accrington Stanley in the Cup. Ben, now that, oh, I mean, well, I think we should dedicate more time to Bale in the future, um, probably on, on in, in the weekend's pod, because of that news has obviously has happened again this week, big news week. Um, do you think he's kicking himself that he hasn't had a run out of Boreham Wood away? No. <laughs> um, I no. think he could buy Boreham Wood and have a run out there if he wanted. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's asked. There's a lot of people sort of made out that he owes us something. And I, I like we'll talk about it more next weekend, I reckon. But yeah, look, good luck to him. Um, I don't he's think a, a chance of Boreham Wood or Atkinson Stanley was enough for him to come out of retirement, just even for those games. Uh, Callum Bowen, go with the same team against Wigan. We'll talk about Wigan in a sec. Uh, Tom, Brandon, Arthur, who did a better, Baggin or Suarez? Oh, Baggins is, you know, Suarez at the moment is bigger because we're in the World Cup, obviously, but Baggin, the technique is flawless. Sam Kirkby, if we went down to League One, would we bounce back quickly or get fixed there, or even worse, go down to League Two? Oh, that's a really depressing question. Um, I think we'd go straight. I think we'd go down again, <laughs> frankly. Um, that there when it uh, all the optimism. So when we get relegated, <laughs> yeah, when we get relegated, uh, Sam Hardwell, do you kind of need to wake up to the realization that we need tall and robust centre backs? Maybe NG can be a versatile defensive player on the bench, covering the whole back line. Tell you what, Sam, you've probably called that right if we're bringing back McGuinness. P.S. Thanks for the best pod out there. Gets me through my deliveries. Well, thank you for delivering your our things to us. There's Unless a, you work for Yodel, and then I'm not a fan. Yodel? Are they the worst? Sam, I hope you don't work for Yodel. I hope you don't as well. If you do... Think twice if you don't work for Yodel. You're better than that. Go get a proper job somewhere else. Like You're better than that. You deserve better. But, but thanks for listening to the pod as well, Sam. Yeah, no, no, not him. It's not a slight slate on him. It's a slate on the horrible company he possibly might possibly work for. Uh, Tom, Connor Davis asks, Hudson in after Leeds? Yeah. <laughs> I just can't, I can't think there's anyone out there who I'd rather as well. Um, you know, you know, let's be positive for once. You know, I've, I've, I forgot that we were really, really shit before this Leeds game. So let's keep on that vein and keep Hudson in as well. 
Uh, Joe Haynes asks, would we keep the same 11 from the Leeds game for the Wigan game? Already covered that. Dan Lowe says, is it time to give Almick a running goals? Good save yesterday and seem to have solid distribution. I know you lads haven't mentioned that Alsap isn't the best shopper, so Almick could maybe step in. I think so. The other guys disagree with me, and that's why we do a podcast, because there's three of us. I skipped over a couple of questions because they were fun ones to round off. Um... Uh, Daniel Morgan, would you rather a cup run and lose to Man United in the final on penalties, followed by relegation to League One, or just lose to Leeds away and we narrowly escape relegation and finish 19th? Ben? I think I'd want that Wembley day out. Just the, point, out. the possibility of winning the FA Cup is a dream, and I'd love to see us lift a trophy like that in our lifetime. But he says we lose to Man United in yeah. the final. Yeah, I know, but there's, there's the dream there, and the, before all that, the possibility, even just a day out of Wembley's enough, I think. Uh, Tom? Bored of the fucking place. Don't need to go to Wembley anymore. We've been spoiled. I, I don't think I can handle losing the penalties in the final again. I'm still not over the Liverpool one. I can't watch it. So I, I don't need another one of those in, our life, in my life. And I do fear for the club if we get relegated as much. As, if it was win the FA Cup and get relegated, I'd probably take that. Uh, there was I one question from... That. I would I ben did it again. Every time I speak, <laughs> you speak across me. <laughs> Want to finish your point? Like just saying, I take winning the FA Cup and getting relegated. All right, like Wigan. Um, Nigel Harris asked a question around the supporters meetings that I think we need to go into more detail on at the weekend. And the final question goes to Ryan March, friend of the pod. Tom Ramisett is regularly seen on the bench with an AirPod in. Do you think he's listening to the pod, Ben Price? Hundred percent. What else are you going to listen to? Possibly Alternative Wales, another great podcast. Uh, it's another great podcast. Um, Tom, um, do you, you know Tom Ramisett well. Um, <laughs> is he listening to the podcast? No, I reckon he's listening to like Shania Twain or something. I reckon he's just got a few ballads on. I don't know why I went Shania Twain. It's been a long day. I, I reckon he's just got some music on. He's shirking. He's not really working like as hard as he should. <laughs> he, he thinks we're a lost cause, so he's just kicking back. I reckon. Um, I think someone in the comment, someone in the reply said he's probably listening to um, the the best sets of Goody Who. Um, and I will just say that he was probably listening <laughs> to when Ty, Ty, Titus Andronicus played Goody Who, as put on by my friend Lloyd when he ran the music of Goody Who. I just wanted to get that in there. Just wanted to get that in there. Um, if you want to get involved, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, find all the details there. We usually put the call out on the day we do the pod. Uh, so you'll probably go out on Sunday if you're listening to this. Um, right, Ben, we are looking ahead to Wigan now. Uh, Colo Torres Wigan. Um, I think they've lost their first three games in the league, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1. Um, they're going to beat us, aren't they, Ben? <laughs> I was just thinking, it screams nil-nil. <laughs> yeah, I, it's still surreal that Colo Torre is not just a manager, but a manager in the championship. And a bad I one. Still, yeah. That, no, I was expecting him to be a bad manager. I just didn't expect him to be a bad manager in the championship. Um, so their their form at the moment, just to, to 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 round it off, since so after the World Cup, tenth of December, they drew with Wigan, lost to Sheffield United, lost four one to Middlesbrough, lost four one to Sunderland, lost four one to Hull, and had drawn one all with um, Luton. I kind of bent. I thought he might do okay. I think he's a he's a student of the game. He was coaching with Brendan Rodgers, and you think. Brendan Rodgers is a decent enough coach. Sure, he's going to produce a good manager, but he doesn't seem to have got things going yet at Wigan, does he? No, but I think they're quite a difficult club to manage. And I think yes. they were sort of hoping that the Michael Carrick effect would come in and it'd be a similar sort of thing. And I don't think you can do that with the squad they've got. They're shy, was, don't they? They're not good, yeah. You sort of look at like, we talk about, and we always think back to Sol Bamba being like the one that got away and like we shouldn't have let him go when he did his cruise shirt. Looking back now... Letting Bennett go probably wasn't that bad of a decision. He's not having a great season for Wigan. No, um, no. So, yeah, I've just seen that uh, they've signed Stephen Colker. Yeah, yeah they have signed Stephen Colker. Did that happen? Uh, you see, he left Fenerbahce, I think, and he's, he's come back home after a few years in Turkey. Um, Tom, that said, Wigan, despite being terrible, are only four points behind us. Um, a win on Saturday probably won't take them out of the relegation zone. It probably take them to twenty second, all being well. Um, we, we've we talked about it ad 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 finitum. Um, how do you approach this game after after last after Sunday? You know, Sunday was a good performance against a team in a high league. We should take some confidence from it. But the temptation is to bring back that you know people like Callum Robinson. But 
how would you approach it? We've got. I'd, I'd go for it. Uh, they're a terrible team in terrible form. We we should have beat them four one earlier in the season, but it was three one because uh, Ojo missed late on. You I only did. remember that because I predicted four one. So that's just rattling around in my head. But they they're terrible. Uh, I think it was when it was in Liam Richardson who was there before. He yeah. he said within about four days of being in the job that they just you know he's got a team of great characters, but they're not good enough, and they haven't changed anything apart from the manager. Um, they're not a good team. We should be comfortably beating them at home, and I think we should go for it, build on that Leeds performance, and get at them. Because, you know, that's what we want. We want a bit of excitement. Um, and they're there for the taking. They, 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 I, I think them and Blackpool. Um, but, but I think Blackpool might pick up a little bit of form. But Wigan, they, they they should be comfortably down with a good few games left this season. Because well, they've got the worst defence of the league by some distance. 46 goals they've conceded. Um, yeah. The closest time is 39, I think, with Rotherham. So they're, they're, oh. oh, no, sorry, Hull. They're, they're four worse than Hull. And we can't score goals, but we managed to score goals against them earlier in the season when we weren't that great ourselves. So, you know, th- this is the ideal game to make a statement. You know, we're at home. We The, the fans are a little bit more positive than they've had been as well. So th- just get at them. Because, and it's huge. This game is massive for us. This, this could be an, an absolute season definer. Um, lose this game. I looked at the looked at the table and I saw, I was, oh, we've got to beat them. We're going to have only won six games all year. Then I noticed we'd only won seven. Um <laughs> but you know we we should be battering these. Um, Ben, do you bring Callum Robinson back in? If he's fit, yeah. Look, as good as it's been against Leeds, he's still without a doubt our biggest goal threat. You've just got to find a system to accommodate him and other players that have got the chance of scoring around him. Whether Atete's fit or you bring it or you start Isaac Davis and play the two of them, there's got to be a system where they all work because he's so vital to us. Like in the league. If he's not playing, we don't look like we've got any chance of scoring. So yeah, it's he's a definite start for me. Um, and Tom, I don't know what will be Wednesday if McGuinness somehow makes it back for Friday. Would you start McGuinness or would you keep him on the bench for now? I'd probably keep him on the bench for now. Um, but uh, but I think he'll be back in the starting lineup within two weeks comfortably because he's class. Uh, running out of questions to ask on this one. So Ben, I'm coming to you first. Um. Ooh, is Joe Bennett going to get sent off against us on the weekend? No, but I don't think he's going to do much. He'll get a nice reception. You'll have lovely teeth. Nice hair. Um, nice hair. Seems like a nice bloke. And we'll all get on with our lives once he goes. Um, yeah, I think it's that. On left back, though, do you think McGuinness coming back? I was going to ask this, but I didn't want to cut over you again. Was you, <laughs> Thank do you, you. Think, do you think McGuinness coming back solves the left back issue where you can put NG at left back? Potentially, I think um, Engie's so versatile across the back that it, you know if there's a, if there's ever a space that's needed, I would ha- I'd happily let Engie play there. But I think I I, I like Engie at centre half still. I know he's not tall. I'd like I'd like I'd like Engie and McGuinness to play together because Engie's such a shit out. So McGuinness is so good in the air that you, you know you, you've almost got a, a sweeper situation where McGuinness can try and win the ball and Engie can cut cut behind him. And I think obviously we've got keeper on loan, but I don't think we're going to be able to sign keeper in the summer. And I don't even know if we'd want to sign keeper in the summer. You'd, He's still good, but I don't know if we if we want to keep him full time. Um, so so I think I to, to answer your question, Ben, maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's the top yeah. podcasting that people listen each week for. That's why I ask the questions. I've got no opinions. <laughs> I just talk myself into a blind alleyway. Um, Tom, do you do you think you could solve the left back situation? I think you summed it up perfectly with maybe. <laughs> uh, to be honest, ben. I'm not sure I can add on to that, but no, I think he could. Like you said, he's he's completely versatile, um, and I, you know I don't think Bagan is consistent enough to play um, out there. So I I I wouldn't be surprised if he was playing over the end of the season. Uh, prediction, Ben. What's the score going to be? Two uh, nil, Cardiff. Tom, four nil. I'll go three nil then. Um, no, we're not conceding the goal apparently, which is lovely. Um, right, and that's it. Uh, that's it for another episode of View from Ninian. If you like what we do, twitter.com forward slash VFTNinian. You can follow us there. Kofi.com forward slash VFTNinian because we do this for the love, not the money. Remember, we are sponsored by Terrace Badger. Terracebadger.com. Use the code VFTN15. Um, get yourself 50% off any item on the Terrace Badger website. Ben, um, what are you doing for the rest of the evening? I'm just going to chill. Um, I've got some ice cream in the fridge. Oh, and I'm lactose intolerant, so I'm gonna eat some ice cream and then be in pain later. Very good, Tom. Uh, I'm gonna have a cup of tea and uh, Terry's chocolate orange, which is left over from Christmas. 
and uh, Hopwood Park is where I'd stop on the way up to Leeds. I've made my decision from earlier on. Oh, I've got to imagine that one. Sorry, yeah, Hopwood Park. Uh, what's there? I've just got fond memories of it as well, but um, there's a Starbucks. You know, you may need a coffee at this point. It might be too early on in the journey, but Gloucester's far too early. But there's a KFC, Burger King, Krispy Kreme, Subway. There's even a little Waitrose for, you know, the posher ones amongst us. So I think it's got a bit of everything, to be honest with you. Um, I've just had a little look on their Wikipedia page for the Hopwood Park services. Nice. Uh, just as a word of warning, Hopwood Park uses parking item on its time spent in their car park. If you visit the surface area twice in the day, the system only sees you enter and leave once, and then will issue a fine in excess of £100. So be careful if you're stopping at Hopwood Park, folks. So you've got to decide there on, on when you're on your way there or on your way back. Don't do both. Don't do both, yeah. It's, it's just one, it's one or the other, I'm afraid. Otherwise, you're getting a £100 fine from private eye park, parking eye monitor or whatever they're called. I fucking know. I don't Bastards. drive. <laughs> uh, I can have some chorizo sausages, if you're wondering, for the tea. Oh, oh lovely. Yeah, I do love chorizo. Uh, thanks for listening once again to The View from the Ninian. We'll be back after Wigan at the weekend. Bye. <laughs> They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and